Good morning, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. It's Friday. We are less than 24 hours, or well, a little more than 24 hours away. To Not kick 36. Off. <laughs> yeah. 24 hours from the Corso time at game day. <laughs> there you go. That's we told Blake 10 minutes ago how many hours it's going to be. <laughs> there's, there's just so much going on, so much excitement. Corso time, guys, 24 hours. <laughs> that's right. That, that's what I was thinking about. Thank you, Jerry. But anyway... <laughs> I'm your host, Blake Monroe. I'm joined by Jerry Hamilton and Justin Wells, both of Inside Texas and On3. And uh, guys, like I said, you know, a day away from Texas, arguably the biggest game of the year for the Longhorns. Of course, Sark, he had a presser yesterday. He had a lot of interesting notes, including uh, on Cedric Baxter, the offensive line, a lot more. I'm going to let y'all talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll talk about some other news, too. Hey, by, by the way, keep telling me where you're at this morning. Tell us where you're at in the comments section. I'm seeing somebody's in Tuscaloosa already, New Braunfels, uh, Oklahoma, Dallas, Georgia, home of Chad Simmons, our on three national analyst. I think he's in that area. Longview checking in. There you go, man. Longview. Um, yeah, Galveston. There you go. Perfect, man. Love seeing that. Midland, everybody. Um, so, hey, there's somebody who was stuck in the Charlotte airport half day yesterday in the comments section. Um, that's the yeah. worst. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarka talked yesterday. I thought Cedric Baxter was the, the main thing, uh, main point yesterday was that said practiced all week. And in and, and Sark's quotes, he's ready for him to cut it loose Saturday. And here's the thing. They need him because your running back that has cutback vision is so key in games like this. You have to have a running back that has cutback vision. Uh, the guy that can make more yards out of nothing. That That is big in games like this. And there's no Bijan, but Cedric Baxter is the best at making something out of nothing at the running back position Texas has um, this year. Uh, and then, you know, Sark talked about offensive line. DJ Campbell got better as the week uh, moves along. Uh, we expect inside Texas, we expect him to start his second game in a row. Obviously, Cole Hudson will play a role. He's back, and I wasn't available last week, so he's going to get his first action of the season. And Justin and I will talk about that. Uh, and then you have Neto still battling with Hayden Connor. Hayden Connor starts, obviously. I think it'll be interesting. We'll talk about that more. I know we'll get a lot of comments, but uh, how this plays out in the game is going to kind of determine uh, where this offensive line heads in the next few weeks, I would say. Um, then recruiting-wise, um, Justin and I jumped out there on the limb yesterday with Brandon Baker RPMs. He's announcing September 24th, so – uh, somebody from Gulf Breeze, Florida. That's awesome. Uh, so y'all throw all those questions out. I, I went to Fort Bend Marshall's game last night, talked to some people around the Josh Lair recruitment, uh, the, the, like on the walking hit stick, the hard-hitting safety out of Fort Bend Marshall, who announces also September 24th. Um, and then we'll be talking Ryan Wingo, I'm sure. Uh, we'll get the normal uh, Micah Hudson questions after his game last <laughs> night, but that one's not happening right now. Um, and anything else you guys want to talk about, throw it all out there. Um, and, and well, let's get to it, Blake. Yeah, definitely. Plenty of time to get your questions in. Please do so. We would appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, so here we go, Justin, somebody's calling you out right from the get go. And I hope you know what they're talking about. Dodgers nine, 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 eight, eight fan says Justin has some explaining to do with Brandon Baker. Yeah. Um, I think Texas is in a great spot. And listen, Jerry's been all over this for months, and it, and it feels like it's been kind of a, 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 a pirouette, kind of a dance between Oregon, Ohio State, and Texas with 
Nebraska, USC, a few other schools kind of, you know, chipping away, but essentially those three. And the trend line, if you remember when he came in on his first visit, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad visit, but it wasn't necessarily a home run visit. And Jerry would agree with that. It did, they didn't hit a home run the very first time on that first unofficial. I believe it was one of the junior days or maybe even the spring game. The spring game, April 15th. Yep. Right. But it, but but Texas chipped away. Kyle Flood and those guys built a tremendous relationship. I'm telling you, we wrote a story about this last month. There is a pipeline being built right now. Like they're doing construction from Santa Ana through Arizona, through New Mexico, coming all the way down to Austin. Modern day is getting a pipeline to Texas. Now, there's a bad NIL joke in there, Justin, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an expensive pipeline to build, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, well, I'm not going to say anything political. A lot of you know what I mean? <laughs> At the end of the day, though, Texas makes a lot of sense for Brandon Baker in so many aspects. And Jerry was so good on this because – Every time we would get info, little tidbits, the one consistency was Texas. It, every time it came up. And so started putting heads together. Jerry and I spoke about it at length yesterday. This isn't something we take lightly. And we feel real confident. that That's why we went with 70%. Listen, Brandon Baker is watching Kelvin Banks. He's watching Christian Jones. He knows he's got a spot when he gets on campus. And I think to play early. And so I really like where Texas is at. And you know the old adage, when they set their date, they got a good idea. Yeah, here's the thing, too, that's interesting. That's been interesting about this recruitment. Obviously, his brother played at Oregon a few years ago. They had a – you know, Oregon's had so much coaching change. You know, it's it's a great – it's a really good job, but guys seem to use it as uh, a springboard to a bigger job east, right? That's just the way this – that's just the way Oregon's kind of gone out. Um, or go to the NFL, right? I mean, that's just the reality of the job. It's a very good job, um, but it's not perceived as a great job in college football amongst the coaches. So with Brandon not being on campus since late May, that's always been something I've kind of looked at with Oregon. And look, these things, we'll see what happens. We think we have a good feeling on Texas right now. We think kid, like kids, they know where to generally know where they're going when they announce their date. Josh Lair's announcing September 24th. He has a pretty good idea right now. Um, but, you know, having not been the Oregon since May, not taking an official in June, it's just something of note. I mean, his off week, modern day's off week is the only week you'll see these guys take an official visit more than likely. Texas is still battling the DeAndre Carter on campus, by the way, even though he committed to Auburn, the guard out of modern day, they haven't given up. Uh, but Brandon Baker, you know, he's going to Nebraska on the 16th, obviously. Um, so uh, that, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, we both like Texas chances right now. All right, guys, let's move on here. And uh, we have a couple of super chats. One of them is from Texas Beats. He says, I changed my name for Justin. Hook him, baby. What was it before? <laughs> I'll have to let you know in the comments. <laughs> tell text, text Beats, thank you. Um, I, you know, I associate Beats with, um, well, maybe it's the Beat Rider. Maybe it's that or it's Beats Headphone. What? What did you? He thinks it's a headphones. I, 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 you know, I couldn't tell which one it is, but I need to know what it was before 
so I can kind of have a frame of reference. But Texas Beats, appreciate that. Nice of Ugga East Texas to make an appearance on the show this morning. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Listening from Vegas, thank you. Uh, yes, Bo, we have seen UT Boy. He's a little more quiet, though, on, on a, some certain number two these days. Yeah. Come on now, bring it back. <laughs> All right, we got a question here from uh, Jordan Holloman. He says, why would recruits wait for official visits during the season compared to the summer when there is more one-on-one -on -one time with the coaches? That's a good question. Out there. Yeah. Coaches like Texas prefers the June official visits. For yeah. that reason, you said, Jordan Holloman. Um, some kids want to go experience the game day. They really do. They want to go see the campus when students are actually there. If there's one downside to June official visits for some colleges, you're not flooded with your college students. You don't have, you know, the not that kids are spending all the time on 6th, 5th Street anymore, but you don't have everything Austin has to offer, right? Or a college town has to offer, right? So a lot of times... Um, there's some schools are different. Some schools would rather get you down on a game day weekend. If it's Tuscaloosa, it goes both ways. They like having guys in town for the Texas game on official visits. They got a few, right? So it, it, it kind of depends on where you're at, uh, what kind of visits you can provide in June if your students aren't there. Aren't there. Then it also comes down to the kids. I mean, some kids just love uh, that game day visit weekend, got to get the vibe being around the city, being around the team, being around uh, the university on game days. And then it's also, guys, the third one is, you know, 80% of these, 85% of these kids commit before their senior year. But for the ones that don't, they're always going to save some officials for the season. And also understand, too, that you're right. This was a great question by Jordan, and Jerry really hit on it. Um, every kid is different. Some kids prefer that summer one-on-one. -on -one. Some prefer going to the game, and I'll give you an example, and then we'll go to the next one. Last year, do you know when Kobe Black started seriously considering the University of Texas when he attended the Texas-Alabama home game last year? They were already offered him. He'd already been on campus before that. He was getting recruited, but ask him, and he'll tell you that. He's like, I, I, it was the first time I ever felt like a college game. I wanted to run out on the field. So every kid is different. Every recruitment is different. Alabama likes those on-field official visits during the season because that place sells itself. You go to a game at Bryant-Denny, it's going to be hard to tell those guys no. That, that's that's a, an ideal college situation. So every kid's different. And, and, and just remember, you know, like Kobe Black, you know, him on campus in a game is what I think really put Texas in the driver's seat going forward. I, uh, there's a question. Uh, bring up – um, let's see, Blake Burke at eight fourteen. I want to address this. Yep. Go ahead, Terry. Uh, uh, here's the bottom line, guys. The legend uh, has grown over the years. Here's the bottom line. <laughs> Dick Saban has had many opportunities to be the head coach at Texas if he wanted to be. He could call at any point and be the head coach at Texas. There's been three coaching changes in Austin. If he wanted to be the head coach at Texas. He would be the head coach at Texas, people. Just the bottom line, <laughs> okay? He, he could have had he could have had his agent call anytime the Texas job was open, and he could be the head coach at Texas. I'm bringing some realism to the legend, okay? Let's just be real. <laughs> 
Oh, all right, we got a answer for you, Justin. It was Boomer Beats. Remember, last, I think it was last week. He said when you were in Belton, oh. take you up. He would like for the steak. He said it so he will take me up on my steak offer because you said you wouldn't go with someone yes. named Boomer Beats. So he changed it to. And he's in, he's in Waco, right? Yeah, Waco or Belton. I think he's in Waco. If so, I'm gonna be. I'll be coming back through there in the next few weeks. We're gonna hook up Texas Beats. We appreciate you. <laughs> I'm not turning down a dinner. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Let's let's jump to another one. This one from Corey J. How many wideouts is Texas willing to take in this recruiting class? Three and one in the portal. Yep. Because they could lose potentially their top four guys this year. Yeah. And if that happens, you're dang sure going to have to get a portal guy. And you can maybe get two out of the portal if you sign three in high school, depending on who's how many are gone. If a Keon Coleman pops in there, let's not screw around anymore. If a Keon Coleman wants to come to Texas, let's not screw around. <laughs> Make the move. Goodness gracious, he's going to have an All-American year. Oh, man. Hey, jo Joseph Diaz, I'll email you. All right, here we go. Is it like Let's free see. samples of jerky or something? Yes. <laughs> uh, Rudy O says, How, huge game from all aspects. Which Texas targets would most be affected by a Texas win? Great Just, question. Yeah, I, here's my, my – here, we're, we're going to agree on this, Justin. 2025s okay. and 2026s. Boom. It, 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 it's it's the hay's pretty much in the barn in 24. Yep. Ryan Wingo already likes Texas. If Texas beats Bama, he's not going to turn around and commit and say, I committed because Texas beat Bama. That's not what this is about. No. Uh, but 25s, 26s, and a lot of those guys are going to be in the stand Saturday. Those are the kids that are really affected. Justin? Absolutely. 2025s. Um, they they look great for the, the foundational guys, but you know what they need to build? That offensive line for the 2025 cycle. And there's some daddies in the in war daddies in this in this in-state class. So they need to start stacking on those. I think that would give them a jump start. And I also think it would help them for a flip down the road. Because I do think that there's going to be a flip in this cycle. And you, Jerry, you mentioned it pretty often. Who's going to be the Jelani McDonald? In this class, who's going to be the Warren Roberson? The guys, you know, the later senior evals. That's, I think, you beat Bama, you're talking to kids about flip. You, you, may, you may look at kids for a flip. And so every aspect is affected. If Texas beats Alabama on Saturday night, Jerry and I are going to have two scoops <laughs> over the next 48 hours because I don't think people truly understand the snowball effect this will have for this recruiting class, the next recruit, recruiting class in this program. That's how it gets affected. On Sunday night, I mean, on Saturday night in Bama, beating Alabama. Oh, this thing you'd be cooking with propane. Uh, Ford Sweet Parker. lady propane. Ford Parker, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Parker. <laughs> all right, Texas Beats followed up once again. He said he does live in Waco, Justin, and he says I deserve something for all that. I appreciate it, <laughs> Texas Beats. <laughs> Okay, you Travis Earls, guys. He says, how often are the rankings updated? Who do you all think will make the biggest jump in the rankings? Six times throughout a cycle. So starting kids, sophomore year, all the way through senior year, last rankings in mid-January after the All-Star Games. Um, I have three guys for Texas in this class. DeAndre Robinson, 
Alex January, Jordan Washington are guys. Christian Clark was one of those, but he sustained a knee injury. We don't know when he's coming back. He was at the Texas game Saturday, had a pretty pretty big brace on his knee, I, I noticed in photos. Are we sure that that was Christian Clark? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm 99.99 on that one. Okay, you know, you're not. You know, we're yes, supposed to talk Clark about that. Christian talk to the media, guys. So he was. Christian doesn't talk to the media, so he's a little different cat. Oh, no, 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 no question. No question. I just, there, I just, I didn't know for sure if that was him, man, because it, it did not look like the other pitchers. Something was, was off. Ryan Um, Nelson asked about Santana Wilson. Well, he's already high on on three, so I'm, I'm not really thinking about him. Yeah, I think he has a chance to go up as far as the industry ranking, but DeAndre Robinson and Alex January should be, in my opinion, doing this on the national level for a long time, should be top 225 guys in the country when all said and done. That doesn't mean one can't be a top 150. I just give you guys a range. And I think Jordan Washington's a four-star tight end prospect. And that stuff affects class rankings because if each kid goes up a point, then your class ranking goes up one or two. So those senior rankings are big because people think of who can you get and how that affects class ranking. But it's also kind of that movement of some of those kids' senior year. And then, Justin, I know you're shaking your head in agreement. No, 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 yeah. Jerry, there, there I, trying, I had Jordan Washington, DeAndre Robinson. I think Melvin Hills could make a little jump. I, he has looked really good the first couple weeks. And I want to give him credit. And then Santana Wilson. Guys, he might be the steal of this cycle. That kid is so – he is light as a feather on his feet. He sent me four or five clips from his game last week. He's fantastic. Like – that guy should be higher rated, and I think he will get a, a, a little boost. And not to mention, he's Adrian Wilson's son. Yeah, I mean, give him a notch for that. Yeah, he, he's getting underrated because of that. Uh, you have to pull up the question. Manuel Villafranc, who has higher upside, Jordan Washington or Pimpton? Pimpton physically has as, about as much upside as you'll see. I mean, the guy's length is ridiculous, um, and, and he can really run. I mean, you're talking about a kid that was throwing a shot put 56 feet in high school. Uh, and with an 80-plus inch wingspan, not even close to being strong. He has a lot of natural explosiveness. I think Jordan Washington may be a better player after the catch, but Pimpton has just – he has a catch radius that you just can't teach. Jerry, Washington's a basketball guy, and you and I, we love that. That's very relatable, especially at that position. Did Pimpton play basketball? At some point he did. He, at some point he did, but he – Not to the level of Jordan. I don't think so. He transitioned more to track football. Because Jordan football. Jordan can hoop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pimpton's a state qualifier in discus, I believe. So shot in discus at a tight end that's not even close to filling out physically is pretty rare. Agree. Agree. And by the way, we don't know. We, we think Christian Clark will be back on the field soon, but we haven't heard that for sure. He did yeah. not play last week. <laughs> Okay, Colton wants to know y'all's most underrated recruits currently committed to Texas for the 24 class. I think I think I think Jerry said it earlier with DeAndre Robinson. I I, I feel like he should be I, I, his tape, I think he should be higher rated. It's kind of that kind of correlates with the last question. And, and here's here's why it's DeAndre Santana Wilson also in that conversation. Here's why it's DeAndre for me. He's a typical public school kid in Florida. And, look, the coaches do a great job at Jones, but what I'm saying is the coaches, the setup is not the same. That's why you see so many kids come out of Florida and they just blow up physically. You're seeing it with Cedric Baxter, and he's just scratching the surface. DeAndre Robinson, people say, well, he's 6'3 half, 3'10". Yeah, but that's not with a 
Texas or Georgia athletic period and nine full-time coaches set up where these kids are uh, really gaining strength in high school. He is naturally a strong guy. Not that he doesn't work out in the weight room. It's just not the same setup. His upside is high because of that. Um, so it, it, he's a guy who I think he'll retain his athleticism and probably get a little more explosive as he gets stronger. Those guys are scary as defensive line prospects out of that uh, state that, that are in that area where they're already a big body kid that can move and they haven't even scratched the surface physically. And the competition's good. Yeah. Some, somebody's asking, did I miss my super chat? D Herring five. No, I'm about to get to that in one second. We're going to do one more recruiting question because you, you were talking about Micah Hudson. So uh, too broke to pay attention. So did Micah Not close it. the door on Texas? And Justin, I'm going to kick it over to you. The door's not closed. I wouldn't necessarily say it's open, <laughs> but it's not closed. Um, there's a gap between Micah Hudson and Texas staff that kind of needs to be filled in if there's going to be any progress in this recruitment. There's a chance he's going to see Alabama in the next few weeks. That's a possibility. Texas A&M is still quietly nipping at his heels. Like A&M is trying to make an, a push – giving him an Evan Stewart type sell. Is the door closed? No, but buddy, if, if you want any progress, somebody needs to come in and kick it open. Cause I don't like the direction of this recruitment whatsoever. And, and I want to say something for Texas fans out there uh, because he is, he's a highly ranked kid in Texas. Um, that means he's the best fit. I mean, that that's poignant really is doors not closed doors not closed but it's one of those sliding doors and the latch is still going and you're like eh, and it's still not eh, eh. it ain't open <laughs> That's awesome, all right d harry five we got we're getting your super chat right now thank you for it he says what position slash titles do, does your team sources typically hold can you use examples from previous <laughs> staff without using names? Sure. University president, uh, <laughs> athletic director, head coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, I don't know. Hey, Herring, that's the question. Okay, listen, we need a question of the There's day. There's a reason he asked if his super chat was going to be. <laughs> hey, th that has to be, we got to come up with a question of the day. Like yeah, one yeah. question that's just, hey, man, that's the one that hit. <laughs> and the dude's like, look, I need to know. <laughs> what positions your sources are holding? Well, mine's clearly footballer one on uh, Inside Texas. <laughs> yes. And for those that aren't on Inside Texas, you need to be. He's the best stalker going in Austin. He knows. He's probably on this chat. <laughs> we need to put him on the on the salary. <laughs> oh, uh, we got a super chat here from Brandon Rothman. Want to thank him. He says, "I watch every day and I appreciate the quality content y'all put out." I really don't think any other team has this good of coverage. Hook them from Arkansas. Well, thank you, Brandon. We really oh, appreciate cool it. He's not wrong. That's a cool photo he's got, by the way. Yeah, very cool. He's, he's not wrong. Somebody, Somebody's talking about brings up Michael Kern as underrated. You know, he, he's, got a, he's got really good leg sp speed, man, for a young putter. It'll be interesting as he gets stronger. He's got really good leg swing. I and wonder so if that's Jeff Banks' burner. You know he's got one. <laughs> <laughs> or the monkey might have an account. I was going to say. You never, you never know. <laughs> the photo suggests no. 
All right, Ford Parker has a question for you, Justin. How bad is Carthage beating Cornerstone tonight? Like a like a redheaded stepchild. Um, Carthage is Carthage. They're loaded. They're stacked. They're stocked. KJ Edwards, Jets, Surratt. Um, they don't have the top end guys as juniors and seniors, but man, their sophomores are ridiculous. And so Surratt's going to go out in style. I think he goes until his son graduates, and then he's headed to college. He's going to be a college coach and probably a highly successful one. So I'm going to say 50 because they're going to try to hang 50. So it won't be pretty. Uh, Bo, uh, Boge has – Jonte has a burner. <laughs> Let's hope he has afterburners if he touches the ball Saturday. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of Saturday, let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, obviously, big game. Woodcrest says, does the team check out Alabama Stadium today? And I want to follow that up. We had some questions yesterday on the uh, coffee and football thread on Inside Texas. And people were wondering, you know, what exactly goes on when the team gets to Alabama and for the people that are left behind in Austin, what do they do? So can y'all yeah. kind of fill that in? Team flies uh, into Birmingham today, stays in Birmingham tonight, flies out of Tuscaloosa tomorrow. That's Yeah, the they won't walk through the stadium till no. the morning of the game. Yeah, no, they, they're in Birmingham. So they go into the hotel, they get into their team uh, position and team meetings. Um, it's a big setup. Y'all should all go sit in on the meetings. I'm sure they'd love to have the fans there. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, why not? I want somebody to try. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's the deal. They don't go to the stadium tonight. That'll be tomorrow, obviously. Uh, and that won't be until the bus arrives a couple hours before the game. That'll be their first walk. Um, Grassfield and Tuscaloosa, absolutely. So get a little bit longer cleat this week. Versus uh, versus your sport turf, and then and by the way, it's only gonna be like carpet 80. burn. Yeah, it's only gonna be like eighty degrees too. It's gonna be a cool field for the Texas guys. Texas is gonna feel. Texas is gonna have to wear long sleeves. I know. All right, and then F uh, footballer one on Inside Texas. His uh, question actually was: Does any staff stay behind to keep them to keep the other players who stay behind engaged Friday and Saturday? Mm, no, no. The no. players that don't travel, they all have their own thing. They may even go watch it with a group of friends. They'll watch it with a group of teammates. They could go home if their families don't go. Yeah, to the yeah, yeah. They're they're anybody that's anybody staff wise is on that plane. There you go. All right. Hey, uh, somebody's asking what freshman will travel this week. Uh, to oh, my wow. knowledge, unless something's changed, none of the five true oh, freshmen on the offensive line are traveling, which speaks right. to the health of DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson yep. and Cam Williams, who was down with sickness for a few days in fall camp. Speaks to the health of the upperclassmen, guys. Obviously, Arch Manning's traveling. Sark said I'm he's surprised traveling. he's bringing four, Jerry. Well, four I'm not. Quarterbacks? I'm not. I'm not because last year he, his third was warming up. And he, he doesn't want to burn one of Arch's games in Tuscaloosa yet. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Arch will have plenty of time to make a home there in a couple of years yeah, exactly. when they when they come back. Um, so some well, some, somebody's saying some SNC staff members stayed behind and when he was in D2. I mean, somebody stays behind, but it's not 
I think for the reasons people think, it's not to keep the kids engaged. They're not sitting in the room watching the game together necessarily. It's, not, it's to answer the phone. Yeah. It's yeah. to make sure you turn off the lights of the facility and lock everything up, put the code in. Uh, we got a super chat here from Jimmy Trevino. Thank you, Jimmy. He says, who's getting the first carry tomorrow? CJ Baxter. So you think, Justin takes away fumble Ruski right out of the box. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about trick plays. Hayden Connor, around the end, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, our I, sourcing I, is about to be gone. We got people I, asking for our sources, and now Jerry's dropping trick plays. I, I think uh, – I, I think Cedric Baxter as well, yes. Okay. And then uh, let's see. I had another one. Dax Kelm with the Super Chat says, how will Sark's coaching experience at Bama help the Horns overall with crowd noise and overall experience of playing at Bryant-Denny? See you all at the game. I, here's, where his, here's where his experience can help playing at Bryant-Denny. Texas gets a lead. <laughs> I mean, like, it takes the it takes the – raucous crowd out of it like there's nothing he can tell the team that's going to help prepare him um the majority of the texas team has not been in this environment before at oklahoma state and at arkansas doesn't count it's not this level that's the closest thing uh on the road for these guys outside of jalen catalan catalan's played a lot of sec road games he's played at jordan Hare. he's played at a lot of places i think he's not michelle Adnan Mitchell has as much playing time there as any of them. Yeah. That's I mean, going to be the one guy that walks in when all the players are looking around and kind of – and Adnan's going to go, yeah, been here. Done him that. and Catalan are going to be like, yeah, you know, that, that that those are the two guys. So you can't really prepare for that. Um, the best thing a, car, a coach can do uh, for his team in that environment is, is to get a lead and take the crowd out of the game. Okay, let's see. We have a question from Rio1492. He says, am I the only one concerned about tight end after JT leaves? Banks has not recruited his position to the level it needs to be. What are y'all's thoughts? That's legit. I mean, I, I one thing, I don't think there's a lot of those elite playmaking tight ends out there to begin with. So you literally have, you normally have one chance at one of those guys every class. I mean, how many guys – Georgia has brought Bowers. How many tight ends have they had that level? Zero. I mean, they're not out there. Um, I think Jordan Washington's a really solid prospect. I think they'll go to the portal and get their experience at tight end. It's a great thing about the portal. You can go get a tight end out of the portal. It's a really good player. But I think there's a lot of high – that level that Texas fans are thinking, not a lot of those guys exist around the country now. Yeah, and if so, they go to Stanford, they go to Michigan, they go, they go to predominant tight end schools. Banks, that's what I love about Jeff Banks. He takes big swings at the big, big yeah. prospects. Hey, they went after Deuce Robinson. They didn't get him. He went to USC. Absolutely. They, they take big swings. In 2025, I think that's a two tight end cycle, and they're going all in on Bear Tinney, the Lucas Lovejoy tight end, who uh, from uh, from Arizona, I believe, and, and US, they're going to have to fend off USC for that one. But there's, I think it's cyclical, and I think it's been down the last couple of years. And I think 2025, you're going to see a boost in prospects at that position. All right, guys, before we move on, I need to tell everybody about Goosehead Insurance. And then we got another tight end question after that. Uh, but, yeah, Chase, Bar Chase Yarbrough of Goosehead Insurance, actually. I've known Chase for many years. He's actually one of my good friends. 
I also know that Chase knows insurance better than anybody, and he's had my business for years because of that. And I'm in the process of moving into a new home right now. One of the first calls I made was to Chase to get me set up. Goosehead is the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas. And the best part is they've already vetted the best insurance companies out there for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. So contact Chase today at chase.yarborough at goosehead.com or call him at 325-261-7127. And we want to thank Chase for sponsoring. Hey, hey, Blake, got something here. Um, somebody shot me a text to answer um, this question that we had earlier. Flew in the Birmingham late last night, staying at Hyatt Regency. Much of Texas staff was here already ahead of the team. So not maybe not the position coaches, but some guys obviously flew out yesterday, probably to prepare meeting rooms. Everything's ready to roll when the team gets there. So yeah. everybody doesn't come on the same chartered plane. For those wondering. No. There you go. All right. So we talked about tight ends a second ago. I want to go back to that with this question from Longest Horn. He says, will Texas ever run a tight end end around with JT Sanders like Georgia does with Bowers? And you're both shaking your head no. Uh, look, <laughs> JT, two different talents. JT Sanders is a very, very good player. Brock Bowers is a different level with his ball with ball in hand. I mean, he has There's a some kennel there. He has he's a different flexible athlete. He's in he's got almost running back vision when he does it. He's just yeah. he he's really, really good with the ball in his hand, guys. Really good. And I remember watching him. Charles Power and I watched him. He the kid came out of Napa, you know, which is interesting. I don't think Napa's produced anybody like that in, in football. They produced a lot of expensive. You're talking about the wine, the wine country out in California. Exactly. You're like a, a, a Sam's call, a card member. <laughs> hey, Napa's produced a lot of expensive things, but never, never experienced. Uh, they never produced a tight end like this now. <laughs> uh, we got a super chat here from Texas Beats again. I want to thank you, Texas Beats. Love it. I don't even remember how many this is now, but he says, in y'all's opinion, what has to happen for the Horns to win tomorrow? Which battle do we need to win or what game plan needs to work out? He's feeling pumped. I, so Brian Irwin, lunch with the coach. Brian was on a, a live stream with Rod and I. I thought he said it best. And I really believe this is true. Of course, he has two state title rings and I have zero. So why would I argue with him? Leave Tuscaloosa plus one in the turnover battle. If you've left plus one in a turnover battle on the road against a really good team like that, um, I, I think that may, I think he may have hit on the number one key. Uh, I, and as far as just the game in general, positionally, I think offensive line has to play at a high level. I, I've been saying that, um, to me, it's always been an offensive line game for Texas at BAM. It's hard to crowd noise when you're on defense, you don't get that same crowd noise. Jalen Ford calling a defense is not the same as Jake majors, getting everybody on the same page pre-snap on the offensive line when it's going to be really loud and crazy. Uh, and then you have to pass protect for your pocket passing quarterback. The te if Texas had a dual threat guy, it's a different deal. They have a pocket passing quarterback, and Alabama is going to bring the heat, especially up the middle. Um, and so Texas has to pass pro. But I would look for pl plus one in the turnover battle, as Coach Irwin said. Offensive line's the key. I think the D lines cancel each other out because I think both D lines are better than the uh, opposite offensive lines. So I think they cancel it. To me, the, the key matchup is going to be Alabama wide receivers against Texas DBs, where I think Texas has – that's their biggest advantage, in my opinion. I think that – because Bama doesn't have the same guys, and Texas has really upgraded at corner and at safety this cycle. So that's where I think could be a big key. But, man, 
plus one on the turnover. Don't get behind the chains. You don't have to take deep shots on first down all the time. And I don't expect Stark to do that in Tuscaloosa, but dang, he sure had had some fun with it, Rice. <laughs> um, Alan Roker asked, what's up with Brandon Baker? I think he got into the chat a little late. Uh, Justin, I put RPMs in for Brandon Baker to Texas. He announces on September 24th. He officially visits Nebraska September 16th next weekend. Modern day's only off week of the year. And he chose to go to Nebraska instead of Oregon. Something of note. Uh, we got a question from Travis Earls. And he says, who has the edge one-on-one? -on -one, Bama's wide receivers or Texas secondary and vice versa? So I, I think that's one of the things that still has to be proven out with Texas defense um, for me. And I think Texas is a very good defense. Yeah, Justin, here's the thing, though. But if you're truly an elite defense, you have to be tested vertically and pass the test. And Texas hasn't been. They weren't against Rice. So while we know Texas has the players and four corners that will play in the NFL in some capacity one day, they still haven't been tested vertically as a group yet. And the secondary hasn't been tested vertically against comparative talent. Rice couldn't do it. And as Rod right. said, all they did was an empty. They got they lost Benda one time. One was a back out of the backfield. So to go from, all right, we think Texas is an elite defense. We know they're very good. The secondary has to be tested vertically and pass against that test against a team like Alabama. To me, then we'll know. Um, I think right now it's a push if Texas rolls out there and take and covers vertically against us. Hey, look, Kobe Prentice is really good after the catch, guys. Alabama may not have four first-rounders, but their guys are going to be drafted just as high as Texas corners at the end of the day. You have been telling me for years how overrated <laughs> Jalen Hell was. Now he's going to get drafted and play in the NFL? No. Ja'Cory Brooks, Kobe Prentice, those guys. Those I, don't, I like Prentice. Those guys um, are going to get drafted. They're just not four. Jermaine Burton is like the that. elder statesman there, and he's got plenty of experience. Yeah. But – if you look at the, you know, and I agree with you on they got to prove it on the field. No, I, I agree with that 100%. But if you look at the matchups, you, you look at it on paper, Texas has an advantage there. And it, it, to me, it's decided because there's no Henry Ruggs. There's no Devontae Smith. There's no Jalen Waddle. There's none of those guys. John Mechie. There's none of those guys. And you've got Jalen Milrow, who arm could potentially be an arm punter. So I feel like the Texas secondary has that 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 check up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, here, here's the thing I would say. that That's where Alabama's different. They used to just be able to overwhelm you with offensive yeah. talent. I'm actually going to write something on Inside Texas in about an hour on that. But headed into the season, the Alabama receivers have higher NFL grades than the Texas corners. So they, Texas corners have to go prove it. Don't believe them, Travis. <laughs> Y'all are gonna buy uh, Miguel Gonzalez says not buying it, Jerry. Prentice only NFL receiver. I'm just telling you where the NFL draft grades are. I have the I have the information. I mean, I'm not they're not four first round picks, but they're graded higher right now. Uh, Ja'Cory hey, if, oh, if they're at Alabama, they're gonna be pretty stinking good. Ja'Cory Brooks has a higher NFL grade than Ryan Watts, guys. I don't know what to say. I mean, but he like, doesn't have a, a higher grade than Malik Muhammad. I mean. You know, that's what they have to prove it down the field. That's going right. to be the thing. Vertical. Right. right. All right. This question from Tyler Davis. He says, last Saturday, Texas gave up 27 rushing yards to Rice. Bama gave up 78 to Middle Tennessee State. 
With that said, it's it's a small sample, but is it crazy to believe that Texas could have the better defensive line on Saturday? I don't think that's crazy. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I, I mean, Alabama's, they may not have the big names yet, but they're still four and five stars littered on Bama's D-line. And so, and, and obviously you still have a Dallas Turner and a Braswell and those guys back there as well. I, I don't, that's a good question because I don't think it's a, if it's a gap, I don't think it's a big gap. Jerry? Uh, yeah, I think D-line. I mean, it could go either way on that. I think Alabama's linebackers may be a little better as a group. Yeah. And those that's where they create some pressure with Dallas Turners or something that you don't think of as a true D-lineman. All right, we got a uh, super chat here. And by the way, for those with recruiting super chats, I will get to those here shortly, but going to stay on topic of Bama for just a minute. Uh, Brandon Huey says, been hearing chats on moral victories. I don't buy it. This is not David versus Goliath. What do y'all think? Anyway, we're satisfied with, or is there any way we're satisfied with a L? Oh, yeah, you can. I, I, yeah, you definitely can be. I mean, because you're going to a place that's, they're 67 and two in the last, or in the last 69 home games, I believe, whatever the number is. Um, and three of the last four quarterbacks that won on Bryant Denny Field as a visiting quarterback won the Heisman and were Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, and, um, and Joe Burrow. So, yeah, I mean, if Texas goes in and plays a really good, clean game and they lose, you tip your hat and move on. I mean, that's the key. I mean, it, there's moral victories if you go in and play well on the road against a really good team and they just happen to beat you and they play well enough to beat you. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, Tiger Woods didn't win every major. Sometimes people – sometimes a guy just beat him. Um, so, that to me, yeah, you, you can. If you go in and play sloppy and you're minus three in turnovers, then no. Even if you lose by three, it depends on how you play. It, I think it could mirror last year. You know, my prediction is one-point game like last year. If it mirrors last year – Texas had a lot of good momentum coming off that game. And if they were giving two points for safeties at the college level, Texas wins that game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I still think it's going to be a close game. I really do. And I, I'm with you. There's no moral victories, Brandy. Brandon. This, 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 this train is looking for W's. That's what Sark and this group really needs, especially to kind of kick, kick, kickstart this thing down in 2023. But – if it's another close game, that Jerry said it, you can't hold that against them. And, and I anticipate it being another low-scoring close game. As long as you play well. If you play bad. Yeah. If you look bad. If, if you play bad and happen to lose 26-17, no Texas fans going to be looking at that. Like, they're, everybody's going to be down. If you play well and lose 24-17 and they're just at home. and they It's a one-possession game, you know. Yeah. Because the goal is still win 10 games this season. So see what happens. A great opportunity in front of Texas. Uh, we got two super chats here from Bo. I'm just going to read them back to back. Cause one of them's a comment. He says the inside Texas is setting the standard hook them fellas. We thank you, Bo. We appreciate it. 
And then he follows that up with Jerry. Does John Tate Cook have a coming out party Saturday night? Yeah, I wouldn't bet on that one. Let's let's talk about Wyoming game, the big Texas Tech world beaters, Wyoming. Um, we'll talk about that next week. I think, uh, um, you know, I think it's an experienced game, but it would be a great chance for Jonte to step in and make a big play. Let's say that. If you talk to Jonte, tell him. And I think he learned in film study. He is a high, great high school receivers. When they catch the ball on the move, crossing the field, always head to the sidelines and have always been able to beat high school kids down the sidelines. Turn up the field quicker. Once he gets that, he'll start making more big plays, I think. Okay, Ethan Wells says, Team Gibbs last night on the Lions had me thinking about his impact on the game last year. Who, in your opinion, is the impact player for Bama this year? I mean, it, th th this is going to tell us where Jalen Milrow is in his progression, in his development. It's either going to be a make – it's not a make or break, but you're gonna, we're going to have a pretty good idea. But they've got they got three running backs that they like a lot. They got Justice Haynes, they got Jace McClellan, they got Jamarian Miller. Um, any of those three, I feel like, could could have a breakout. Look at McClellan last year. His if you think about this, he had, he had what was it, a 75, 80 yard touchdown run last year. Kid from Alito. Um, it was because Jalen Ford missed his gap assignment. After that play. Jalen Ford was the best defensive player in the Big 12 for the rest of the season. It was nuts because I don't think he had a tackle on the first game. And then he misses that big assignment, and I believe it was the first quarter or, or early second quarter of Texas-Bama. He didn't miss another gap assignment the rest of the season. So, But from a Bama standpoint, they got three guys back there they really like. I think it's going to be by committee. I don't think any of them have separated from each other. Um, so that, that to me, that's kind of it, – it'll be one of those three. Jerry, who's your guess? Um – for Bama, um, needs to be Tyler Booker at left guard. He's already being talked about. He needs to have a great game. Caden Proctor's a true freshman left tackle. First start against a Power 5 team. Um, Tennessee got him a couple times because he is a true freshman left tackle. and I don't think he's where Kelvin Banks was in pass pro. But for Alabama to run the ball like they want, um, people for Alabama, people probably need to be talking about Tyler Booker went out and did a really good job against some good Texas defensive tackles in the run game. All right, freshwater Cajun. Rudy O said Forrest Gump. We'll see. That would be <laughs> bad for Texas special teams if Forrest showed up. <laughs> freshwater Cajun has what's more important, keeping Milrow contained or inside pressure? Uh, keeping him contained. He's a running back. Keep yeah, him inside, contained. Inside, inside pressures for your pocket passing quarterbacks. Get in their face. Make them move laterally. Uh, Mark Vettel said it backs are playing. Yes, Sark says he is. Yes. Uh, it's keeping Milrow contained. All right. Next question from Michael White says, why don't they start Neto? Lions seemed to improve once he got in last week. It improved, time. In, it improved in the run game big time. Um, I think uh, let's see what happens as the season moves along. I expect there to be a strong push there. And then Rudy O with the question of Quinn Ewers with 300-plus yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Milrow, less than 50 yards rushing. Does that mean Texas wins? Yes, in that scenario. So if Quinn goes 300 yards passing and three TDs with no INTs, Texas is going to win the game. If they don't, the defense is, Texas defense isn't as good as we thought. 
And Ewers hasn't thrown an interception in his last 146 pass attempts. Good job, Justin. I just stepped to the free throw line with 89 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we talked about the Alabama player of the game and who y'all think it'll be. But Kevin Johnson says, who needs to be the player of the game for Texas to pull out the win this weekend other than Ewers? Right guard. <laughs> um I'm trying. I'm trying to think here. Worthy needs to do something, but I think this is an Adonai Mitchell game to to really establish himself. Yeah, I I, I think one of the wideouts, uh, Ad Mitchell, couple of touchdown catches. He's he's caught touchdowns in about it in all four college football playoff games and two national title games. This is pretty much like a college football playoff game for Texas. They need Ad Mitchell to uh, be the playmaker he was. But some a lot of people have said Jalen Catalan, and I'm definitely that's where I was going originally Jalen Catalan if he has a Jalen Catalan Catalan SEC healthy game that's big for Texas didn't he have 13 14 tackles the last time he played Alabama yeah I think he did yeah Yeah. and that was a season where he had about 10 or 12 tackles against everybody in the SEC true I'm Michael Gold or I'm sorry Godbolt says do do y'all think we come out firing with an up-tempo offense or play it a bit more conservatively at first (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't i i i don't know i i don't have that answer and if we did i don't want to say it <laughs> there you go all right too broke to pay attention ask what do you think of our killer bees lineup in the backfield of brooks baxter and blue i think they could wear down the alabama defense or at least soften it up for some big plays soften it up for some big plays sounds good yeah, I think um, if Brooks and Baxter have good games running the football, that's a very, very good sign for Texas because that means the offensive line will have bounced back from a non-physical at the point of attack performance against the averages grits rice team. And then Bobby Brown says, I believe the Tennessee-Bama game from last year is a good blueprint to beat Alabama. What do you guys think? Um. I'd Didn't have they to just go, chunk it down the field. Hyatt had like five touchdowns. I mean, yeah. like, I would have to go back and literally watch that game again. Um, it, it, it's been a long time. A lot has happened. Um, that was the Hendon Hooker breakout game. Yeah. I mean, uh, if Texas has enough time to throw the ball down the field, I think that's, that's a very good thing Saturday. Well, speaking of throwing the ball downfield, Patrick Page says there were four incompletions versus Rice that would have flipped yours numbers. If Quinn was 23 of 29 for 79%, 292 yards and five touchdowns versus Rice, how would you guys assess this week's game? Would it be different? It, really. it wouldn't change the way I assessed the game um, at all. I mean, we could argue Worthy's was a catch, and obviously Jonathan Brooks dropped the touchdown. So even if it's 21 or 30, um, it looks different with four touchdowns, right? Um, yeah, it looks different. Uh, it looks different, but I, I don't, I don't, wouldn't change anything on the assessment of the game. If the offensive line had been sound in pass protection last week, that would change my assessment of the game going out more than Quinn's completion rate and stats. I do love this narrative on Twitter, and that's the only reason I'm going to mention this, and it's all in fun. But there's a little battle with the insiders behind the scenes about the Quinn Ewers Cade Klubnik take a few (laughs) years ago on who should have gone where and what and all that kind of stuff. Quinn outplayed Cade tremendously 
in week one. So if these numbers would have actually happened, you would have seen more of a, a push at the Clemson people on Twitter because there is this little battle going about who they should have taken, which Texas was always going to take Quinn Ewers. That was always going to be the guy. Klubnik looked great last year in his first year at Clemson in, in limited playing time that week one. Buddy, Duke had his number. Did you see him kind of deny Dabo coming off the sideline? Dabo reached out to give him a five and say, Hey, hey, hey the, the one thing that Cade better be glad Mac is what isn't the coach because the one thing Cade did, boy, after that fumble, he did a great job running down and taking an angle on that Duke defensive back. Mac might have put him at safety like Johnny Menzel or Robert <laughs> or, or Kendall Browse. <laughs> um, what so? Oh, Nick Ramos asked, Does Ross tap or Bledsoe see the field? Uh, yeah, Ross and Bledsoe are gonna play. Bledsoe, I'd definitely see. Yeah, definitely. Ross, I think, definitely plays. But Rod Babers, and I talked about this with Ross, this is going to be big for Ross. He is the quickest first, second step guy of any edge rusher Texas has. That also means as a little tape gets out on him, teams will let him run himself out of the play and run it right by him. So that's going to be the next thing for him. Is he a designated pass rush guy early in his career now at Texas? Probably more so. Because with that explosive quickness up the field, he's really going to have to learn how to control it when it's a run play. All right, guys, we're going to do another Alabama question or two. Then we're going to talk some recruiting again, some more of these super chats. Uh, Clifton Hines says, can we talk about the Bama defense and the difference between that they are elite and potential, but they haven't actually done or proved anything on the field? Both defenses need to prove they are elite. What's y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, on some level, yeah. Um, I mean, does Bama have loads of future NFL draft picks on defense? Yeah. Um, I, I think the most interesting guy for them on defense is Jaheim Otis. Uh, I saw him at the Alabama-Mississippi game his senior year, and if he wasn't knocking on the 400-pound door, I, I'd, I'd have been surprised. I think they listed him at 380 back then. He's down to like 325 now. That's pretty amazing work by Jaheim Otis. Um, I, I think it'll be Justin Eboibe is back off injury. He didn't play last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see if their DBs go Saturday. Malachi Moore, Jalen Key. I think Moore had a better chance. Um, interested to see if those guys go Saturday. If not, Bama has a, a little less experience back there. Okay, D Herring five with a super chat here he says, "Let's go three and zero against the red teams this year." I'm sure Texas would definitely love to do so. I think Wyoming's headed in that direction too. <laughs> I don't know who they have on the schedule, but I know they're one and zero. I knew you were going to. Hey, get I got to share something funny, and this is the perfect time to do that. Talking about tech at Zena Umiozulu's announcement on Wednesday. All his coaches were, you know, standing around, players, parents, family, media, and all that. And he had three hats on the table. You all saw Texas OU, Texas A&M. Well, the head coach, Coach Winnington, he, I guess he's a Texas, his son, he told me his, his son goes to Texas Tech. So he's kind of become a Texas Tech fan. He says, Zena, why don't you put that, that red, just put that Texas Tech hat out on the table. I got one in my office. You just got to put it out there. I know you're not, you're not going to pick it, but you just got to put it out there. And someone in the back said, Maybe if they would have beaten Wyoming on Saturday, he could put that hat out there. Then another coach, 
Coach McCray came from Clear Lake back in the day. Used to be the head coach at Manville. He's a coach at Allen right now. He says, well, you know what? I got a Baylor hat in my office, guys. I, I got this Baylor hat. Man, if you just want to put it on the table just to, just to have it out there, someone else said, well, if you'd have beat Texas State on Saturday, probably would have put it out there. Into the, into the I, I just had to tell that because it yeah. kind of reminded me of the three red teams in Texas Tech. But coaches trying to get that hat out there, and you can't, <laughs> hey, wild hey. And you can't put your hat on the table. Hey Blake, before you get to the super chat, I'm going to hit two things real quick. Somebody yeah, asked, I'll have to bring it up. Is is would Brandon Baker be a day one starter like Kelvin Banks was? Not a lot. Texas was void of left tackle talent when when Kelvin Banks came in, even right. though he went an early enrollee here. You're coming in and competing with Cam Williams, who will be a two-year established player at Texas. Somebody asked, does Trill Carter play tomorrow? I don't think he's healthy. He was gimpy Saturday. He was wearing a big left knee brace. That's why you haven't heard more about him. The One of the few plays he was in where he had to turn and pursue down the line of scrimmage and push off with that foot did not look like a healthy player. So we'll see how, how if he's getting closer to 100%. But he definitely was not there against Rice. All right, let's get to some of these recruiting super chats, guys. This first one here from Rick, going back to Hudson. Why did the relationship fall off with Hudson? What is Tech and A&M doing that Texas is not? We need playmakers to win in the SEC. I'll I'll touch it. Um, It's nothing Texas did or didn't do. Every recruitment is different. Every recruit is different. Every prospect is different. Every process is different. Sometimes 80, 90% of the kids that come into a Texas visit really love Texas. They really like Texas. They like the idea of playing at them. But you still got 15, 10, 15% of kids that may not think that. They may not think Texas is is the spot. Maybe Austin's too close to Lake Belton. Maybe he wants a little bit more more distance from from, from the house. Maybe he wants something, you know, Texas Tech. At at Texas, Micah Hudson would – I wouldn't say be another wide receiver, but he'd just be another big-time prospect on the roster. At Texas Tech, he's the king. They've never they've never had a recruit that high in their life. I mean, they got Crabtree just because other schools pulled scholarships. And so, at the end of the day, I don't think it's anything against Sark or Chris Jackson. There, I just think there's not a lot of clicking there. Whereas with some other schools, Micah's kind of clicking with other places. What do you I, think, Gary? I think Texas is recruiting Ryan Wingo harder than they are Micah Hudson. Well, I mean, we know that. I'll just leave it, and people can read between the lines. Yeah. Okay, next question that we have, if I can find what I just did with it, uh, is from Edmund Lee. It's a super chat. He says, with Freddie DuBose committing from the Comal, or coming from the Comal area, are there any other players to be on the watch list? Jerry Hamilton, Bucky's on the way through. They sell jerky, hook them. Yeah, I'm a loves guy with the Robertsons, but yes. Um, you know, young kids, I, I'd have to take a, a look look at that, like in the 2026 in that area. Um, nobody off the top of my head. I think uh, I think what'll be interesting is does does Texas continue? They're continuing to talk to Miles Davis. We don't just Justin nor I think they flip him from AM at Converse. Do they go in and look at Dante Carter, the safety at uh, Civil of Steel? Because they did go through and look at him in May. Obviously, I think he's committed to Duke right now um, um, or Vanderbilt. But he's a really good player. I know Texas TCU really liked him. They just didn't push. Um, could Texas go back in these senior evals and see something they really like with him or somebody else on there? We'll see. 
And I'm going to follow that question up with this one from David Rawls. He wants to know how Freddie has looked so far this season. You know, he hadn't put any huddle tape out. I've not seen much on him. Uh, I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't seen much on him this season. We'll I'll, I'll get down there a few weeks into the season and uh, make a run through. Okay, and then we have a uh, just we have a super chat from a Blake. I'm going to save that for the last question of the day, just so you know, I'm not skipping your super chat. Uh, Longest Horn has asked this one a couple of times. So I'm going to ask it: Is Texas going after Westlake kicker Spencer Barnett? He made a 59-yard field goal. I did see that. Um, yeah, not that we've heard. I mean, could could they be going after him as a PWO preferred walk on? That that might happen later on, but I've not heard anything, Justin. Texas tends to get kickers in the Syntex area, preferably in the Austin area. It seems to be a trend, and I'm with you. It, it, that's and you know, Banks has no problem giving the scholarship to a kicker or to a punter. I mean, or a long snapper. Like he has no problem when it comes to specialists and special teams. Uh, but we're not aware of, of anything with connection with Barnett and those guys yet. But like I said, Texas doesn't look far for their kickers lately. And by Literally way, down the road. And, and we'll think, look, what did we got? Auburn. Stone, no, Auburn was Flower Mound, I think. Yeah, he was a he was Stone, <laughs> Cameron Dicker. You see a trend. But here's the thing, too. Auburn's got two years left after this year. Will Stone's got two years left after this year. They're not wasting a scholarship with two guys like that. Well, if, if this kid has scholarship opportunities in other places, Texas – won't even make a move there because they're two years away from, uh, you know. Using another one. Somebody asked if my high has been announced yet. No. <laughs> I'm telling – I've am been telling people because they ask me. I said, listen, Jerry's high. You'll know on National Signing Day. Uh-huh. That's when you're going to – he's going to – he's going to – We're, 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 we're knowing well before then. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope. Oh, <laughs> man. And no, it's not Cooper Flag for the one basketball fan that's going to ask. <laughs> be cool if it was. Well, no, that would be a hell of a high. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. Cooper Flag would change this conversation. <laughs> All right, this question from Woodcrest here, guys, for for Jerry and Justin. If Texas starts winning ten games a year, do Saban and Kirby Smart start getting nervous about top talent staying in Texas? as well as poaching top talent from Georgia and Alabama. Kirby, nervous? Nah. Um, I think Georgia put their foot down this year on Daniel Calhoun's recruitment. That was one where Georgia was like, "Mm -mm, it's not your time yet to come in Atlanta and get a guy that you see as a really, really good left tackle. Um, I I think the battles um, with Texas and a Georgia, I think they could have some in Florida. Now, what's going to be interesting in Florida um, is they, in October, I believe, I think they have something going. Um, they have some legislation about high school kids being able to make NIL money in the state of Florida. I think that's supposed to be come be talked about publicly in October. Um, if that happens, that may change recruiting in Florida a little bit. That would be interesting to see. Um, but uh, I think Texas going into Georgia, Warren Kirby, not right now. Kirby and, and Nick are not going to be worried about that stuff. At this I think point. by the I think by the time Nick, Nick would get worried about uh, Texas, he'll retire. Consistently winning ten games a year, he's going to be living on Jupiter Island in that eighteen million dollar house he just bought. Yeah, yeah. That, that it, Jerry nailed it. I I don't think those two guys are ever going to worry. And also understand, to me, I think the next battle we're going to see 
is a kid Georgia really pushes for in state in Texas yeah. and how that matches up with Texas. Because we know they got Michael Uini, offensive lineman out of Copper's Cove. We also know Texas wasn't necessarily pushing as hard the last three or four months of that recruitment. And so those little head-to-heads, I think we're going to see more of those, Jerry, over yeah. the next few years in Texas. Uh, Jerry, yes, last night you were uh... – you went on the road and you saw Josh Lair. This question from Elaine Roker says, what's up with Josh Lair? I know you touched on it at the beginning, yeah. but for those that got late, let us, let us know the latest. Yeah. You know, talking to people around the Marshall program, most people think it'll be Washington or Texas. They also said Washington was pushing the hardest. Um, I didn't believe he's going to Washington this weekend for an official visit. And then he's announced on September 24th. If that holds, it's probably Washington, although his mom doesn't want him to go that far from home. But I think Washington is all, all in on that recruitment, which is interesting because they have a really good team and they're ranked in the top 10. And DeBoer is one of the best young coaches in college football and they want him. They're going to be fun to watch this year. They got yeah. a lot of NFL talent. That guy's a I, you know, I love some Jalen Polk. And I how Texas Tech let him get out of Lubbock. Thank God. I, I, uh, uh, I, I think that DeBoer's – I mean, obviously Kirby Smart's got two national titles, but the under 50 head coaches, he, he's right at the top of that list. He's really good. All right, guys, we got time for just a couple more questions. But before we do, I need to tell everybody about Chase Yarborough of Goosehead Insurance one more time. There's hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from, but Chase and his team, they vetted the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. With rates on the rise across the state, why not make one phone call, allow Chase to shop around for you? Goosehead is the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas, so contact Chase today at chase.yarborough at goosehead.com or call him at 325-261-7127. And we want to thank him for sponsoring today's show. Okay, well, as I said, we've got a couple of Super Chats left that we have to get to. This first one is about the Alabama game. From Major Alexander, he says, if UT rushes for 150-plus, they win by seven. Yes or no? I would say yes to that as long as there's not turnovers involved. I mean, you could rush for 150 and throw two picks in the red zone and lose a game. As long as the turnovers are even, if Texas rushes for 150, I'd say they have a very dang good chance to, to walk out of Tuscaloosa with a win. Because I know Nick Saban would not be happy if Texas rolled in there and rushed for 150 with a pocket passing quarterback on Justin? I think it would take – I think it would require 200 yards to win by seven because you're controlling the tempo. You're actually keeping their offense off the field if you're chunking up yards at that rate. And with the clock running as it is, I think they'd have to get to two bills before it would be a, a touchdown. And by, by the way, Texas ran for, uh, as Ryan Nelson said, I was I was looking actually for the number, ran for 79 last year with Bijan and Rojo. So just, yeah. that would mean, that would mean, Texas, had 55 of it. That would mean Texas had a tremendous game running the football on the road against Nick. It would be an aggregate. Yeah. There's Nick, no Nick would, by one guy. Nick would be throwing headsets if that happened. I can oh, man. <laughs> Okay, last super chat of the day, I think, unless someone puts one in right before we get done. And it's from Blake. And he says, we always hear about great recruiting visits, but what about the bad ones? I'm sure there have been some hilariously botched ones over the years. Y'all got a story or two to share? Well, without getting into a player, yeah. the, most, 
a lot of the majority of ones are player calls. The universities very rarely screw up official visits. Now, unofficial visits, something totally different. 50 kids are there. Maybe somebody's whining because they don't get enough attention. That's a different game. Official visits where you're planning and planning for these, at least in my years in this, it's always been the player doing something he wasn't supposed to do on the visit, and it's more in that way. You just don't hear about these staffs messing up official visits that often. It's more players than coaching staffs. Justin? Yeah, no names, no names. And Jerry's right. It's usually kids getting their feelings hurt, taking it too personal that they didn't get enough one-on-one or they didn't get enough attention, period, and, and things of that sort. Um, there's been some bad recruiting visits. I know uh, Texas used to have a kid. They were recruiting a kid that um, after, you know, during the visit that, he, you know, on that Saturday, he decided to go with some family friends to a strip club. And so – Needless to say, I believe he was decommitted probably 48 hours later. I think Texas dropped him. I think that was in the Charlie Strong era. I think they dropped him. I remember who it is. I remember where he went. Somebody but, said uh, Somebody said there's a rumor where a Texas assistant clogged a recruit's toilet in Memphis. What? <laughs> I read a rumor where a Texas assistant clogged a recruit's toilet on an in-home visit. Okay, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. But we're not doing. Listen, moving on. I'm nipping that in the bud right now. (laughs) Toad Vine on Inside Texas started that. That is not true. It is so wrong, and the people that are being in that are embarrassed (laughs) because that's even a story. Oh, trust me. (laughs) That yeah, cut that one off. There have been a lot of bad visits, uh, bad ones. The thing with those is you have to come to an Inside Texas happy hour. You have to come to a meet and greet because there ain't no way in hell I'm mentioning anything about that on this YouTube show or on a, a writing on a message board or Twitter or anything. Yeah. I'm out. Next question. <laughs> All right, guys. Last question of the day. You got to call your shot. Elaine uh, Roker says, if we win this game this weekend against Alabama, is Texas going undefeated? I don't think so. No. It's too hard to these days. It's it, Yeah, I mean, it, it's different. There's still questions. Still questions. You got health of a team, how they fare the rest of the season. You're probably going to have to play somebody twice, K-State. You know, you get them at home, probably turn around and have to play them in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and, you know, unless you're a totally talent-dominated team program, I mean – Georgia, 26-22 at Missouri last year. Were they only four points better than Missouri? Probably not. 16-6 against Kentucky. They were better than 10 po- – they were better by far than 10 points against, over Kentucky over the course of a season. And even though they won those games, they obviously were dominant talent-wise, and they still won those games. Texas is at, at that point where they can just do, walk out on the field and they're dominant talent-wise. They're a lot better under Sark, but there's a difference. All right. Well, guys, before we go, anything on the schedule today that y'all need folks to know about or maybe this weekend? Of course, I know there's the uh, watch-along show, Jerry. Well, I wanted to mention that for sure. Yeah. Saturday, uh, guys, watch with us right here on On Texas Football Live. Aaron, for that Texas-Alabama game, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Aaron Hogan will host again. 
myself, Rod Babers, Bobby Burton, we're all going to jump in um, uh, with the watch with us. Uh, if you want to turn down the uh, volume and not listen to the Alabama Love Fest on, ES- on ESPN during the game, jump on in with us. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun with it throughout the game. We'll be watching the game. I'll tell you about guys, Alabama players, their recruiting, Texas players, their recruitment. Mix it all up. Recruiting in football while you watch the game. Come join us for the watch with us starting 15 minutes before the game Saturday night. And then, Justin, anything on InsideTexas.com that people need to be aware about? Maybe new articles or stories coming up that you would like to get out there? Well, yeah. We're recruiting running this right now. Recruiting visits. Recruiting visit stories. <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, Jerry and I are going to have our uh, recruiting humidor come up here in just a bit. We're going to have the latest on the Texas-Alabama visitor list. We're going to have updates on Danny Akoye, Ryan Wingo, uh, Colin Simmons, Kobe Black, maybe even a Brandon Baker nugget to, to, to lay on top from yesterday's story. Um, and we got a special. I mean, seriously, it's Texas, Alabama. And I'm telling you, the community inside Texas is really, really tight knit and, and growing and, and, and really a tremendous time. We're having a great sale right now, 50 percent off of, of, of a year. Come hang out with us. Come go, come give us a chance to earn your business. Come give us a shot. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Uh, like I said, the site is growing like crazy. We're very thankful. We're very grateful. But we got to keep this train rolling. Hey, hey Blake. And, and Texas the, against Bama can do that. Blake, do you have the promo? I, I was actually about to say, there and then go. don't forget, for, for, for new members. There you go. Go ahead, Blake. If you use promo code OTFIT23, you get two months for $1. You got to select the monthly offer. But new members only, unfortunately, for all you existing members, this, this does not pertain to you. But OT Fit 23, $1, two months, select the monthly offer. There's no better way to try it out. I mean, a dollar. You, you can't beat that for sure. And uh, that's over at InsideTexas.com. All right, fellas. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. Of course, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank all of our super chats. There were a ton of good ones. Sorry we didn't get to everybody's questions. There were just so many today. Uh, But be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime we go live or a new video is posted. Um, Also want to thank Chase Yarbrough and Goosehead Insurance for sponsoring today. And, uh, yeah, for everything else, be sure to check out InsideTexas.com for all the latest and greatest on Texas coverage. And so for Justin Wells and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you on Monday morning.